What is up, divers? Welcome in to the Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast, where I take a deep analytical look at fantasy football and combine it with a common sense approach to lead us to some titles. I'm your host, Brandon Gabor, and before we get started, remember you can follow me on Twitter at Deep Dive FF, Instagram at Deep Dive Fantasy Football, and as always, check out the website, deepdivefantasyfootball.com, which is always popping during the offseason. With that being said, let's get to the content. What's up, divers? Welcome into another episode of Deep Dive Fantasy Football, and once again, joined by our guy. We said he was going to be here a lot this month. It's Nate Christian. Nate, how are we doing? I am excited to be here talking rookies. I love scouting. I love drafting rookies. If I could play a rookie-only dynasty league, I would. I've had offers, but I've had to say no because I'm in too many dynasty leagues already. As, yes, as I'm, as am I. So I know you love the the scouting and the rookies, right? That's why I brought you on for the rookie mock draft, guys. We are doing a five round rookie mock draft. Hopefully, we can get to all five rounds. Depends on you know how much we end up talking. We do like to hear our voices. So we're gonna start out. It's not gonna be snake. It's gonna be linear. We're gonna do a super flex twelve team five round rookie PPR mock draft. There's no tight end premium, no crazy bonuses, nothing like that. It's just a standard PPR super flex. And Nate has the honor of getting the 1-1. Like I said, we're not snaking, so me and Nate are just going to go back and forth, making our picks, taking our guys, and giving our explanations on maybe where we think they're going, how we think they're going to do for fantasy, and whatnot. So with that said, Nate, you have the 101, and I think everyone knows who you're taking would you like to discuss any news that we've heard in the past, like, two days before we start the draft? If yeah. not, no. All right. So I'll just say one thing real quick. We saw that Taysom Hill just did some restructuring stuff to basically give some cap space to the Saints. It's possible that Jameis Winston will end up being the starter there. With that said, that's pretty much all I wanted to say. It's the only notable news other than Aaron Jones re-signing, but... He's been there forever. We know how to look at that from a fantasy perspective. Sucks if you traded for Dylan. But other than that, oh, Nate, you got something to say, Nate? Oh, okay. He's oh, waving his no. hands. <laughs> I'm staying off the AJ Dylan hate today. I'm just going to let it uh, manifest itself. I'm usually bringing it every other day, but I'll, I'll let off today. Oh, you're usually somebody, you know, telling people not to get AJ Dylan, huh? That's what you were doing this offseason? That's, that's what I did. True. All offseason. Yeah, I, I never had. To do it. Yeah, I never had a, a specific stance on him. But with that said, 1-1. One, one. Nate, you're on the clock. Where are you going? Yeah, so the 101 is super easy and super flex in one quarterback. Whatever dynasty league you play in, it's an easy pick. Um, and super flex is Trevor Lawrence. And there really shouldn't be any question about it. This guy is the best prospect to come out since Andrew Luck. Um, he has all the potential in the world to be a dominant quarterback for a very long time. You know, he might not be the most mobile, he might not be the flashiest, but he is the most solid prospect that we've seen in a long time for the quarterback position. He's a winner. He's got all the athletic traits you want. He can run. You know, he does everything so well. This is a guy that is going to be playing for 15 years, 20 years. I mean, you get him now and just just reap the rewards. I agree. I love Trevor Lawrence. We also know that he's going to Jacksonville. They've got some weapons there. James Robinson, DJ Chark, LaVisca Chenault, and now they've got Urban Meyer there. So it's looking good for Trevor Lawrence. At two, I'm going to have to take, remember, it's super flex, so I'm taking the next best quarterback, which, make no mistake, it is Justin Fields. And I don't know, actually, I don't know how Nate feels about that, but for fantasy especially, I think it's Justin Fields. Now, there is somebody that we can talk about in a little bit that might have a higher ceiling but he also has a huge chance of being a bust in the nfl so justin fields runs almost as much as trevor lawrence is more accurate than trevor lawrence doesn't have nearly the type of intangibles or ceiling that lawrence does though so that's why he's my second quarterback more like a 1b in fantasy so i'm taking justin fields at the one two nate what are your thoughts yep i love that um as much as I say that Trevor Lawrence is the 101, if you went out there and you took Justin Fields as the 101, I wouldn't hate it because for fantasy purposes, Justin Fields could be better for fantasy than Trevor Lawrence, depending on how much Trevor Lawrence actually runs in the NFL. Um, he's he's going to have like Joe Burrow rushing upside, but Justin Fields is going to have Deshaun Watson rushing upside. So 
it's kind of hard to balance that in fantasy football compared to actual just NFL scouting. I think Trevor Lawrence is by far the best quarterback for just NFL. But for fantasy, I don't hate the Justin Fields take. I just think Trevor Lawrence has a better chance of being that elite quarterback and has long longer career, most likely. I mean, he's a guy that can play into his 40s if he has a great career like we're expecting. Yes, sir. So that's Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, 1-1-1-2. Nate, you're up at 1-3. Where are you going? Yeah, so 1-3, as much as I love the RB1 in this class, Superflex, I'm all about taking the quarterbacks. So I'm going to take my QB3 in this class, who has possibly the highest potential in the entire class, and that is Trey Lance. Trey Lance, he is... People are going to say he's raw, but when he goes to the Carolina Panthers with Joe Brady, I don't care. And he's not as raw as people are trying to tell you. Trey Lance is an incredible talent. He is a little underdeveloped playing in the FCS, but if I fully expect for where he goes in you know, the top 10, it's going to be a team that is set in place to develop him, to get the best out of him, and you use him to the best of his abilities, which include heavy run game. So this guy is going to be a fantasy monster. It's just a question of is if he can hit all that talent that he has. Nate, I got to tell you, man, I am disappointed because you took my guy. I thought I was going to be able to get him. I mean, in mocks, we see him fall to like it's ridiculous between 1-6 and 1-7, 1-8 sometimes. And that's that's ridiculous, guys. I don't know if you remember... I don't know if it was with our episode or, or a different one that I was recording by myself, but I was telling people that I would not take a wide receiver in a rookie Superflex mock draft until, oh, well, hopefully this doesn't change uh, <laughs> what your strategy is going forward. But I wouldn't take them probably higher than like a 1-7 because we've got four good quarterbacks. We've got Kyle Pitts. We've got three great running backs. You think four, I believe. I think you like one way more than I do. But... Yeah, I was planning on taking Trey Lance and pairing him with Justin Fields and having that super high ceiling with the super, super safe quarterback in Fields who's just really accurate, and I'm very confident in him translating in the NFL. So you took that away from me, and now I have to make a decision. Do I want Zach Wilson? See, because his ceiling is way lower than a Trey Lance, he is the lowest ceiling of all four quarterbacks in this class. He doesn't run the ball nearly as much. Plus, his floor is just as low as Trey Lance's because there is a higher possibility that he busts compared to Lawrence and Fields. So I'm trying to decide if I want to just take the quarterback and you have your two versus my two, or if I want to pivot to a different position. I think I'll leave it up to chance on missing out on Zach Wilson later on if you want to take him. And I'm going to take Najee Harris at 1-4. He's the running back 101 Yes, he's a little bit older than some of these other rookie running backs, but he has the best skill set. I comped him to Le'Veon Bell. He will be used, hopefully, if he's used properly, which if he's taken in the back of the first round, I assume that would be the case. And he gets a lot of receiving work along with his awesome running game. So I'm taking Najee Harris at 1-4. Nate, where's your head at? Yep, I love Najee Harris, but... Once again, in Superflex, the quarterback position is way too valuable. Um, in these startups, 12-team startup Superflex, sometimes you're seeing you know, 8, 9, 10 of the first-round picks being quarterback. I mean, it's just ridiculous how quarterbacks are valued in Superflex League right now because you know if you don't have that second quarterback on your team, it's hard to win a championship. It is really hard to win a championship. And after the first 12 or so quarterbacks, it gets a little murky for dynasty so here i'm sticking with my guns i'm taking zach wilson i'm gonna have three quarterbacks but i don't care because i did this in an earlier mock draft we did i got three quarterbacks with the dynasty rewind and i'm happy with it because i only need two of those guys to hit for my team to be incredible so i'm taking zach wilson he again has a ton of upside he's very raw he's going to be comp to mahomes someone said russell wilson you know, he's he's that gunslinger guy. You know, he takes chances. It's fun to watch, but he could also be Jordan Love um, or he could be Drew Locke. So there's a wide range of possibilities with with Wilson, but I'm willing to jump, jump on him here. Good value. Yeah, so I can't believe you took him. I guess I'm going to just have to start taking the guys I want because uh, I thought for sure you'd leave him there for me. That's why I said I'll take the risk. I really, really thought you were going to take 
a running back or, or something else. But now I have to make an, a tough decision. I'm not looking at quarterback. I'm not a Mac Jones guy. I'm not a big fan at all. So Nate's got three quarterbacks. I've got one in Najee Harris. I'm going to go to my guy who I've argued could be, depending on what your team looks like, the 101 in non-superflex leagues, and that's Kyle Pitts. We're talking an elite tight end. We, I mean, you agree he's going to be an elite tight end, right, Nate? Yeah, I, I do think so. I think he's a uh, – I don't know if he is the greatest tight end ever to live. I'm not willing to put that expectation on him. But I think he, you know, could be very, very good. You know, he could be an all-pro, but it's going to depend on how a team uses him. You know, we see tight ends. Um, they can hit their first year. The good ones do. But also they can be held back by scheme – by how often they're used outside, inside, slot, um, especially for fantasy. So, it's, it's, He's a top 10 pick most likely, so he's going to go somewhere they're going to use him. Exactly. That's exactly where I was going to talk about. And even if, guys, George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, they started their careers, and they were not great for fantasy. But if you're going back to that rookie draft when those guys came out, and you knew they were going to be what they became, you knew they were going to be the – difference maker the absolute ace up your sleeve in fantasy football that they are because they're the single most important position if you get one of the elite guys comparatively or if you compare like points per game advantage over your opponent stuff like that then you would definitely draft them higher than one six in a rookie draft Kyle Pitts when he's falling now yes it's a super flex so it's a little different but if he's falling past the elite quarterbacks in a super flex, I have no problem. I almost took him over Najee Harris. I have no problem taking him super high because I do believe he's a top five tight end at worst. Not this year, but in terms of dynasty and looking long term. And he's also, how old is he, Nate? 20? 20, 21. I think Brevin Jordan's 20. I think Kyle Pitts might be 21. Okay, I know he's 20 right now, but he might be 21 when the season starts. Um, so yeah, he's a great guy with great talent. If he was a wide receiver, he would be my arguably number one wide receiver in the class. So I love Kyle Pitts. That's where I went. Now I'm looking at right now, Justin Fields, Najee Harris, and Kyle Pitts. Nate, you are on the clock. Yep. So this is the choice here. You know, what position do I want to go with? I'm exhausted with the quarterbacks for right now. And you took Kyle Pitts, so I'm looking at a running back or a wide receiver here. And it's a hard decision to make because there's a lot of depth in wide receivers, so running backs usually have more positional value. So I'm going to go with that. Um, even though I have a wide receiver prospect ranked higher than my RB2, I'm going to go with the positional value here, just like I've gone earlier with the quarterbacks. I'm going to go ahead and take Travis Etienne. He's my running back, too. He's a guy that is a playmaker at the next level. It doesn't matter. Um, that he had the bad year in 2020, like people are trying to push off on him. Um, he still averaged almost six yards per carry. He called a career high, uh, 40 receptions for 500, some 88 yards, I believe. Uh, the guy is just a game changer. He's a playmaker. He's a home run threat. He's all those electric words we want to use for those guys who are, you know, highlight players. And that's what Travis Etienne is. He came in at 215. He's probably playing more like 205, 210 doesn't matter he's a guy in all three downs i want this guy on my team he's going to give a good landing spot he could be a first round running back if not he's an early second round running back so he's going to get the draft capital um i don't see there's i don't think there's much reason to fade travis Etienne like i see some people doing i agree i love travis Etienne. he is also my running back too in this class a lot of people like to comp him to camara because of the contact balance i think that's awesome that's not the comp i went with but it makes perfect sense he's also Worked on his receiving every year. So he's a great running back. It's a great pick. Now we're looking at 1-8. And, man, the fact that we've got the players on the board right now that are on the board it shows you how deep this class is. Guys, picks are so valuable. And if you're in one of those leagues that's kind of on the down low right during this time in the offseason and they're not really fully invested in the rookies and not aware of how good this class is yet, you need to capitalize on it and get those picks because – I'm looking at the guys that will probably be available at the top of the second here, and they're better than I feel like most rookie classes mid-round first-round picks. So I love this class. Make sure you're trying to get as many pieces from it as you can. And with that said, I have to decide here between possibly the best, well, the best wide receiver on the board because none have been taken, or 
the last guy for me in my tier one of running backs, I think that's probably where I'm going to go. I'm going to grab Javonta Williams. He's somebody, and this is in a positive light, I mean this, that reminds me of Doug Martin. If you guys remember, Doug Martin, rookie season, beast, over 1,200 yards rookie season. I believe he had double-digit touchdowns. He had a 250-yard game and four touchdowns versus the Oakland Raiders, I believe it was, and he was just a monster. He was the 1-1 the year after that in fantasy drafts, in redraft, and I don't know what he was in Dynasty. I didn't pay attention to Dynasty at the time, but... I think that's what Javonta Williams is. He's very much like Doug Martin. He's got decent hands, but he's not going to be deployed as a receiver. He's not that type of athlete, but he's very good runner. He's very tough, compact, and I think he's going to have a huge workload in the NFL. So I'm taking Javonta Williams here to bear him with Najee Harris. This is a really thin running back class, so I'm glad that I can get two of what I consider to be only three super, super solid prospects. So I got Javonta Williams. That puts Nate back on the board. But before he goes, I do just want to comment on when we were talking about Kyle Pitts. We were talking about possible landing spots, and he's going to go really high, right? A lot of people have him mocked to the Bengals. I don't really understand that. I see them going O-line. And then Philadelphia, right, with Jalen Rager outside of him and Goddard. They like to use two tight ends a lot, and there's a lot of space, especially if they drafted Kyle Pitts. Maybe they deploy him as a receiver or at least for some amount of their offensive play calls. So I would love him in Philadelphia. He'd get plenty of targets. In Carolina, that would be sick. Once again, a super solid role. And I think Dallas is the other popular spot. That would be the only spot that I wouldn't really like that much for like the first couple of years. But after that, I would like it. But Nate, you can comment on the Kyle Pitts landing spots if you want or just make your pick, but it's back to you. So you were talking about Javante Williams and comping him a little bit to Doug Martin. I think Doug Martin comps a lot more to the other UNC running back, but I'll get to that one later. Um, There's no wide receivers been picked off the board yet, so I have to go grab my wide receiver one in this draft class, and that's Devonta Smith. I feel like there's not much to say about him. Everyone wants to say something about him, but he's one of the most pro-ready wide receiver prospects I've seen. This guy, his football IQ on the field is incredible. The way he can read defenses, find soft spots in the zones, and manipulate coverage, it's it's really incredible. And he was just so productive. I mean, he's the Heisman winner, and that's fun to throw around. It doesn't really affect his draft stock, but you just see his production this year. It was just beyond incredible for even for an Alabama team that just dominated everybody, I mean, his his stats were ridiculous and the plays that he made. And then you watch the tape and you see his release, you see his route running, you see the athleticism, you see his contested catchability despite being 175 pounds. The guy's going to be unstoppable. Um, if I had to pick one rookie wide receiver to have a Justin Jefferson-type rookie year, it would be Devonta Smith. Yeah, the only knock that I can throw Devonta Smith's way, and I'm sure you've heard it, so everyone's heard it. I'm not going to talk on it too much, but... The one knock I, I could throw his way is the whole weight thing. And I'm not even a huge BMI guy. For me, it's just looking at him, and it's hard for me to picture him getting up every single down healthy and, and not getting like pushed to the sidelines and pushed out of bounds, which I think there was some good examples of that. And I believe it was either the Georgia or Auburn game. I don't remember which one. Um, and the last concern would be maybe getting off the line, uh, off press coverage, because that is one way that a lot of really good receivers – in college end up becoming bust in the NFL but I he's a great guy he's got great work ethic I think he's going to be great he's my wide receiver too so that means I'm going to take my wide receiver one here which is Jamar Chase they're pretty different receivers and I think Jamar Chase is more likely in terms of fantasy to be successful because I could see Devonta Smith unfortunately going to a type of team that uses him incorrectly and doesn't use him to his full capabilities and if somebody drafts Devonta Smith and uses him just as a deep threat that could really hurt Devonta Smith for fantasy I think Jamar Chase is just more locked in as a guy for a hundred plus targets hopefully in his rookie year but then definitely after that so that's why I feel comfortable here taking Jamar Chase he's my wide receiver one and I'm getting him here at 110 yeah Jamar Chase he's my wide receiver too so I love the talent he is he really is a very talented wide receiver. I have him over every wide receiver of last year's class except for C.B. Lamb. But at the same time, Jamar Chase does scare me. He has a lot of issues creating separation. He is a contested catch winner, which is great, but he's also only six foot, so I don't know if I can rely on that in the NFL. He worries me a little bit with his 
release, getting off coverage, uh, press coverage especially. So as much as I love the talent, he graded out very well in my system. I also could see him as a uh, more boom-bust player. I could see, you know, his ceiling is very high, you know, the alpha X wide receiver, but at the same time, he could also have a Devontae Parker career. Yeah. Um, so I just, I just always want to say that. I love the talent. He's my wide receiver too. I'm not trying to say Jamar Chase isn't good. I just think he's a bit more boom bust than a guy like Devontae Smith or even Rashad Bateman. Rashad Bateman has a very high floor, and I think most people recognize that. But even with Devontae Smith, I think his floor is higher than Jamar Chase's. Yeah, I, I can see what you're saying, and, and I definitely do think there are concerns for both of these guys, which is weird because we always comment on how elite this wide receiver class is and how deep this wide receiver class is. But I will say that I don't think the wide receivers in this class, there's none of them that were 100%. I mean, I know you're 100% bought in with Devonta Smith, but I don't think there's any of them that are missing red flags. You know, there is a red flag for all the top prospects. So or pretty much all the top prospects. So it's interesting because they're they're very, very good, but I don't know if it's because just as a community, through time we become better and better at scouting and pointing out things that could become a problem, and maybe that's why we're more hesitant to be fully bought in, or if this class just truly does not have that Julio Jones, that what was viewed as a Sammy Watkins when he was coming out as bust-proof, which, I mean, in terms of play, until he was getting injured, he was pretty much bust-proof. And there's not one of those guys in this class. But so far, just to give you guys the top 10 picks, Trevor Lawrence in order, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, as it should be. That should be how every Superflex draft starts, in my opinion. Najee Harris, Zach Wilson, Kyle Pitts, Travis Etienne, Javonta Williams, Devonta Smith, Jamar Chase, and now Nate is up at 111. Yep. So I do like a quarterback. I like the quarterback five in this class, but I don't think I'm ready to take him just yet. Um, it really depends if he gets that first round draft capital that uh, we're, we're going to really see if he does. I'm not really sure. So I'm going to stick and look at my rankings. I'm going to go with the higher ranked player on my board. I'm going to go with the actual Doug Martin in this class. I'm going to go with Michael Carter out of UNC. He is the new muscle hamster, as I like to say. Uh, the guy, five foot eight, two hundred and two pounds. He can catch the ball. He can run the ball. He has great vision. I think he has better vision than Javante Williams. He offers more upside and passing game than Javante Williams. He's just not as big. Because uh, there's nothing wrong with Michael Carter's power or his contact balance. His legs are huge, and his upper body is also thick. So, I mean, this guy's running over people like a bowling ball. If I had to give him a really good comp, um, I do kind of like the Doug Martin one, but my actual comp for Michael Carter is Ray Rice. I think he can have a Ray Rice kind of be a, a Ray Rice kind of player. I know that sounds great if you remember Ray Rice and who he was in his prime. Um, that's a top. That's a top running back in this league, especially in the modern NFL. I think Ray Rice would have been even better these days. So I'm gonna have to push back on this one. You know I'm not a Michael Carter fan. He's my RB five. So I'm going to just read my little excerpt from my article on Knox. Michael Carter is not a great athlete by any means. He has no long speed, and he lacks explosion. People that fail to tackle him are usually making contact with him. So in the NFL, I believe these will become tackles. Carter has some good vision for sure, but his lack of athleticism and ability to create for himself and break tackles at the next level is concerning. That's what I think about Michael Carter. My comp for him was Frank Gore, which Frank Gore had some great fantasy seasons, but he never really wowed. It was always like the solid yardage, and that was, you know, he was never somebody that made you open your eyes, and I mean, maybe Michael Carter will just be somebody who lands in a good situation, gets good volume, and is decent, but I'm not a big Michael Carter guy, so I just got to throw that out there, let the listeners know, so we've got a little uh, debate here on Michael Carter, a little friction here. I don't have a nice little blurb to spit out right now, but uh, <laughs> I do disagree. I think he has – he's not maybe the most elite running back uh, athletically. You know, if you want to comp him to like Travis Etienne or Kenneth Gainwell, I get it. He's not that athletic, but I think he has more than enough burst. His burst is actually incredible. And I think he has enough top end speed to finish runs. He does finish runs in the college level, while there are some running backs in this draft class who cannot finish runs. And I think Javante Williams is sometimes one of those. Yeah, so – I know you were talking about Mac Jones, 
I'm assuming that's who your quarterback five is. I mean, I don't really see many people in the in the fantasy world that have any of the quarterbacks after him above him. So I'm assuming that's who you're talking about. And I'm going to take him here, but I don't like it. I'm going to take him here because of the situation I find myself in because you've got three and I've got one. But I will say he is worth a back-end first-round pick. I also know what Nate likes, and I know if I take Mac Jones here, the next person he takes is going to be somebody I don't like. So I'm fine with it. And I'm going to take Mac Jones, but I do want to give some thoughts on him. So he's kind of like a Jared Goff to me, except more accurate, of course. But I feel like if he doesn't land somewhere, right, because he has no rushing ability. If Mac Jones doesn't land somewhere good with good weapons, a good scheme, a good coach, he could easily become a bust in the NFL. On the other hand, if he lands somewhere in a great situation like Alabama was, and he's got playmakers, and he's got protection, he's got time to sit in the pocket, shift around, and get the ball out, I think he'll be a decent quarterback, but he's never going to be someone who's a top 10 quarterback because he doesn't have that rushing ability, and we see more and more and more and more guys come in to the league now at the quarterback position that can run the ball. So it's harder for the fantasy landscape at quarterback to be dominated by guys like a Drew Brees or Tom Brady that just don't run the ball at all, unless they're absolutely insane, which I don't think Mac Jones will be in the pass game. But with all that said, it's super flex league. Quarterbacks are super important. And like we talked about earlier, you see 12 quarterbacks go inside the top 20, 24 picks in startup drafts. And that just shows you the value that quarterback holds. So I'm going to take Mac Jones here. And I know that Nate's not going to take anyone next that's going to upset me. So, Nate, where are you going? Really? Yeah, really. I don't know who you think I'm picking. Cause I didn't even know who I was picking until, like, right now. Okay, well, well, let's see it. All right, well, I'm going to pick my wide receiver five in the class because my wide receiver three and four are equally rated, and I would rather have you choose between them so I can just pick up whatever's left over. I'm going to take the higher floor. I'm going to take Rashad Bateman. Uh, this guy, like I said, Devontae Smith could have a Justin Jefferson uh, rookie year. I think Rashad Bateman is kind of in a similar path. He's one of the most pro-ready prospects in this draft class. He's going to be able to come in day one, uh, probably as a wide receiver two, set up across from a wide receiver one, and just dominate that secondary coverage. He's a guy that's going to beat people off the line of scrimmage, have very crisp routes, catch the ball consistently. Might not offer a lot after the catch, but He's so pro-ready. He's so ready for... He's going to be one of the top wide receivers in PPR leagues. Nate, can you re-say that last sentence you cut out? If he gets the volume, he's going to be a top wide receiver in many PPR leagues. Yeah, so I do like Rashad Bateman. I think he's a very safe player. I comped him to Chris Godwin. I think they're very similar. And Chris Godwin has been great for fantasy. So I like that pick, actually. That's not where I thought you were going to go. But I see your strategy now based off what you said. So, I mean, we're just trying to get the edge on each other back and forth. (laughs) I mean, that's what this is right now. It's the battle of the brains. But I'm going to kind of pivot away from the running backs, pivot away from the quarterbacks. There's nobody after Mac Jones that is anywhere near being worth a second-round pick. So I'm not touching quarterback. Running back, not very deep in this class, right? So I've got to go receiver. That's pretty much going to be most of the picks from here on out so i know my wide receiver for somebody you don't believe in and it would hurt you to draft him so i'm going to just leave him and i'm going to take hmm i'm going to take rondell moore it was between Jalen waddle or rondell moore for me and i'm going to take rondell moore because i believe that he has a better route to fantasy relevance just because I could see him becoming a high PPR monster from the slot Jalen while I could see somebody deploying as just a deep threat and just ruining him so I'm going to take Rondell Moore just for fantasy purposes I do think Waddle is a better player I have Waddle at wide receiver five in my rankings and more at six so don't hear what I'm not saying but for fantasy purposes I want Rondell Moore all right and I don't mind that at all like I said I had these guys ranked equally I'm going to, that was the two I was between. So I'm going to go ahead and take Jalen Waddle here. He's more than, I didn't like Henry Ruggs that much last year. I love Jalen Waddle this year. They're not the same player. Just because they're both fast and not making the same player. Jalen 
Waddle is a much better wide receiver, runs much better routes, and has great hands. I think he had a better path into this league than Henry Henry Ruggs did last year. So I'm taking Jalen Waddle. I hope he gets in a good situation. He's probably not the most landing spot proof player in this draft, but if if he hits his upside, it's going to be incredible. So I'm I'm ready for it. All right, so you got Jalen Waddle, and I'm going to double dip back into the LSU wide receiver factory. I'm going to take Terrace Marshall. He's a guy that I think has a good opportunity for fantasy. He's another taller. He's bigger than Jamar Chase, contested type of receiver, and he was overshadowed by Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. So I think he's got some hidden potential there. I'm going to go ahead and take Terrace Marshall. And Nate, you are back on the board. All right. So that is my next wide receiver on my rankings. And going down my list, I'm going to go ahead and grab another running back, actually. I'm going to go with Trey Sermon. Uh, He's probably a little early for me to be grabbing Trey Sermon. I think he'll drop a little bit farther in most rookie drafts. But I'm a fan of Trey Sermon based upon what he left college football looking like. So his career in college football, the vast majority of it, was very average. He was a very average college running back. But his final season with Ohio State, his dominant games in the – Big Ten Championship in the college football playoffs. His his domination out of the backfield, he looked like the next Chris Carson back there. You know, has good amount of power. He runs with good athleticism, not great, but he has really good vision behind the line of scrimmage and does offer that passing upside with great contact balance. I think the NFL might be higher on Trey Sermon than a lot of fantasy analysts. So I'm going to go ahead and take Trey Sermon here. I think he could see end of second uh, – Definitely a third-round draft capital. I think he's a day-two guy, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Trey Sermon here. All right, and I'm going to go back to the running back position real quick too because the fact that you just took Trey Sermon, that high kind of scares me, and I'm like, all right, he might go back to running back again. I don't know. So I'm going to take my guy, my running back four in the class. He's in the tier two of running backs behind Harris, Etienne, and Williams, and that's Kenneth Gainwell. I like him a lot. He's got very, very good receiving ability. He might be the second best receiving running back in this class after Najee Harris. So I like Kenny Gainwell a lot. Hopefully he lands somewhere nice. I'm kind of just betting on the talent and receiving upside for PPR purposes. So I'm going to take Kenny Gainwell here at 2-6, and now Nate is back up at 2-7. All right, so I have a bit of a decision here. I'm not going to tell you who I'm deciding between, but I'm going to go ahead and stick with a guy that I think has a lot of potential at the next level. He doesn't grade out as high as some of the elite prospects in this class, but Dimey Brown... His mixture of speed, his route running, it's just he could, he could be very, very good in the right offense. He has the ability to step it up and be a wide receiver one for some team. The thing that worries me the most with Dami Brown is he has a lot of drops on tape. Uh, most of them are concentration drops, but I need to see him catch the ball through traffic, through contact better if he's going to take on a large volume. Otherwise, he might be limited to more of a speedster role. But I think he's much more than a speedster. I think he has that underneath intermediate route upside and the ability to create statistics that way, not just down the field. So I'm going to bet on that upside. I'm going to take Tommy Brown. All right, and I'm going to go to wide receiver as well. I think I could let him sit there longer. I don't think you'd take him. But I don't want to risk it. I'm going to take Kadarius Tony at 2-8. I think that's immense value. He's probably going to go around the first round, second round turn in terms of the real NFL draft, not fantasy. And if he's going to one of those teams late like the Packers or the Chiefs or one of these teams, I'm going to love him. I'm going to love him, Nate. And I know you're not a big fan, but I... I don't mind Tony. I really don't. I just don't think he's as good as you or some other people that have him within their top five. It's just, and also, I don't see any way this guy's a first-round draft pick. I mean, it could happen. I didn't think Brandon Ayuk was one last year. But, I mean, Kadarius Tony being picked in the first round would kind of blow my mind. Yeah, I mean, I didn't see Brandon Ayuk going in the first either. And... Some people are talking about Tutu Atwell might go in the first, and I know that would blow both of our minds. I mean, I don't even think he's worth a yep. third-round pick. But, nope. yeah, you don't either. So, I mean, it's sixth round for Tutu. Yeah, so no thanks uh, on Tutu. But anyways, the wide receivers are all over the place. I mean, we hear reports of some teams liking this receiver, and this receiver might sneak into the first, and yada, yada, yada. I heard a report that Jalen Darden might be a top-of-the-second guy. 
which I mean, I love him, but not that much. So who knows? Who knows, Nate? But I love Kadarius Tony because I see so much potential. And I think he could become one of the best route runners if he just refines his route running. Some of the skills that he has to just make defenders look absolutely stupid. I just love Kadarius Tony. I think he's going to be a rack monster. And as long as he gets proper usage, like my favorite pairing, and maybe you'll see this when we do our NFL mock, is Justin Fields to the Jets and then Kadarius Tony to the Jets later on, whether that be the back of the first or in the second round. So I just want him to land somewhere where he could be the wide receiver too. He's going to be a beast. I love Kadarius Tony. He's my wide receiver four. Nate, you're on the clock. If you want to mix Justin Fields and Kadarius Tony. The place to do it would be in Carolina with Kadarius Tony taking over the Curtis Samuel role and with Justin Fields popping into that Joe Brady offense. That would be great for Fields and for Carolina, which would suck as a Bucks fan, but I don't think that would be very good for Tony because he would be behind uh, Robbie I mean, and Curtis DJ Samuel Moore. was a wide receiver too, and so was Robbie Anderson, and so was DJ Moore. Yeah, but and imagine if they had someone better than Teddy Bridgewater. I don't think that would be worrisome. I mean, true. If, I think if Tony goes into that offense, you're giving him a really high floor than he would usually have with a different team, especially the Jets. Okay. Do we trust the Jets to develop Tony? No. Yeah. But do I trust the Carolina Panthers, Matt Rule, and Joe Brady? Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess in terms of development and and dynasty too, especially like with Robbie or DJ Moore. Probably not DJ Moore, but Robbie maybe being gone after some point in time. If Kadarius Tony's really good, I actually. I'm starting to come around to that. It would be something I would really have to wait until I did my player projections to see, you know, how the numbers actually mathematically can work out for him. But it could be a good spot. It could be a good spot. All right, who, where are you going for 2-9? All right, so this is the other guy I was considering when I picked Dimey Brown. I'm going over to the tight end position. I'm grabbing Brevin Jordan. We hear all this talk about Kyle Pitts, and the entire time Brevin Jordan is being way underrated in this draft class. A couple weeks ago, I was seeing him go at the back end of the third, early fourth of rookie drafts, and that is just obscene. Since then, he's popped up to early third, uh, mid to late second, and that's where I like him. Even in just regular leagues that aren't tight end premium, I love Redmond Jordan. I think we love Kyle Pitts, and he's by far the tight end one. But I would say that Brevin Jordan is much closer to Kyle Pitts than Pat Fryermuth is to Brevin Jordan. So Brevin Jordan, one, he... Number one, he runs routes like a wide receiver. And number two, once he catches the ball, he runs like a running back. He's a guy I want on my fantasy team. I think he's going to be uber productive in the right offense. Really hoping for a good landing spot. He'll go in the second round right with Pat Fryermuth. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to have a lot of Brevin Jordan shares on All my right. dynasty teams. All right. I was actually going to take Brevin Jordan next. I thought about taking him at the last pick. So I, I agree. I mean, you just said back end of the third. That's ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous, even in a super flex. So those guys that you know are listening, you guys be paying attention because Brevin Jordan is a, a great value, especially because how Pitts is viewed and where Pitts is going, people kind of just forget about Brevin Jordan. I, I think if Pitts was not in this class at all, Brevin Jordan would probably be going high or mid-second. So, I mean, he's, he's a great value. And so now I'm we're kind of in this range of receivers where there's a whole bunch, right? I have two tiers, both of them are gone, and then my third tier is huge. There's a bunch of guys in this third tier that are available. So I'm trying to decide whether I want to take one of these guys or if I want to pivot to a different position. I think I just got to take at least this one, and that one being Tylen Wallace. I love Tylen Wallace. There are some guys I have. Actually, only one left because he just took Deami Brown. There's one guy I have ranked above him, but I think I'll be able to get him later on and I think Tylen Wallace has a higher ceiling I love Tylen Wallace he's a guy that was talked about as being a possible first rounder before he got hurt so I'm going to take Tylen Wallace and that means that Nate is up at 211 yeah so I'm going to go ahead and continue the strategy where I'm going to let a guy maybe drop because I know you're not going to pick him so I'm going to go ahead and grab Amin Ross St. Brown here Um, he's a guy I think is pretty pro ready but he's going to be limited to the slot and likely not going to take a whole bunch of volume create a whole bunch of big plays i think he's a guy that did well in college but won't produce the same level in the nfl but if he goes to a place like the packers i know everyone loves to throw a wide receiver to the packers or a different i mean maybe the saints i think amon ross st brown being a slot receiver the nfl 
with a superstar wide receiver across from him could be a very productive PPR player, uh, wide receiver three or flex. Yeah, I don't like Amon Ross St. Brown as a lot of other people do, but I do see a way where he can be PPR relevant. I kind of think a good comparison for him is Cooper Cup, both in terms of NFL ability and fantasy ability. And we saw Cooper Cup ball out at times. So I think it, it could exist, you know, in like with him being successful, but I'm not a big Amon Ross St. Brown guy. And since you took him, I am going to take Daz Newsome. I'm not going to let him sit there any longer. I love him. I know you like him. I don't think you would have taken him too, like, this high. But... I actually thought you didn't like him, so I didn't take him there. Because I was he's ranked higher than Amon Ross St. Brown. Oh, so you're lucky. really? Really? Nate, you don't remember? We talked about Daz. We both like Daz a lot. There's only a couple people out there that like Daz, and I forgot that you were one of them. It's you, me, and Porkman. So. Yeah. Yeah, you said Porkman had him at wide receiver seven, right? Yes, I believe so. Yeah. So, but if you guys don't know who Porkman is, it's somebody that is on the Dynasty Rewind podcast with Nate. So, Nate, I guess I kind of sniped you finally. I got you once. So, where are you going? All my fault. It was all my fault. I should have stuck with my guns, you know. Shouldn't have done this strategy. Uh, okay, yeah. well, if I'm back up, I'm going to go ahead and keep the wide receivers going. Uh, there's just so much value here at the end of the second, early third for wide receivers. So I'm going to go ahead and grab – see, I want to grab my guy. I'm going to go ahead and do that so I can talk about him. Okay. Even though he won't go here. He won't go here in any of your rookie drafts. He'll oh, probably go I, in the fifth round. Okay, I know who you're talking about. But Jamon Osbin is my wide receiver nine. Whoa. He didn't play in 2020. Um, his ADP is off the charts on sleeper, as in he doesn't get drafted. But I think Jamon Osbin, and I've only ever found one other person that agrees with me, but he's he's a deep dive, so it's not someone that most people really look at. But he has all the traits that I want in my wide receiver one at the NFL. Uh, I don't know if the NFL teams will see it. They might. I think they might see it more than the fantasy teams. Um, I think... He's going to be someone who's more well-liked by NFL teams than fantasy managers. But at the end of the day, he's probably a day three pick. I think he translates extremely well to the NFL, though. And if given a chance on a you know slightly empty depth chart, say the Houston Texans, I think Jamon Osborne could be a smash hit. You're probably going to get him in the fifth round, like I said. So he's going to have huge value. Just keep the name out. I'm drafting him here. I feel comfortable, honestly, draft, drafting him here. I think he has that much talent. But I know he's never going to go this high. I'm surprised if you're fine taking somebody that's ranked super low this high just so you can talk about him and you know give him some respect. I'm surprised you didn't go with your wide receiver six, Nate. <laughs> I thought that's exactly where you're going. But with that said, I'm going to take – I'm trying to find him here in the list. I'm going to take Amari Rodgers. my wide receiver six? Huh? My wide receiver six is Terrence Marshall. Okay, so you have. No, it- actually, I've actually. Uh, I know who you're talking about. Um, yeah. They were my wide receiver 11. I think they're my wide receiver 13 now. Oh, okay. So Just you saying. have Osmond above them. Yes. Oh, okay. That's a yeah, big change from, from last time that we talked. So maybe you can. When, when he comes up, maybe you can talk to us about some things that made you maybe move him around a bit. But I took Amari Rogers here at 3 2. Amari Rogers is someone who I, I like. I think he can become a very good slot. High PPR guy, not to an, a crazy extent, but kind of what Debo Samuel was when Debo Samuel started his career. I could see Amari Rodgers being very similar to that. He's probably going to go back into the second, top into the third in the real NFL draft, which is pretty good value right there. So I like Amari Rodgers. He's my wide receiver nine. I just got him at 3-2 in the rookie draft. So, so far, just a quick recap, right? We I'm not going to recap, recap the first round, but since pick 2-1, Rashad Bateman, Rondale Moore, Jalen Waddle, Terrace Marshall, Trey Sermon, Ken- Kenneth Gainwell, Deami Brown, Kadarius Toney, Brevin Jordan, Tylen Wallace, Amon Ross St. Brown, and Daz Newsom at 212. Then 3-1, Jamon Osbin by Nate right now, and Amari Rogers. What's up, divers? Do you guys enjoy a good workout like me? Well, guess what? I've got the perfect nutrition for you, and that is Built Bar. Go check out BuiltBar.com. Guys, I have tried every single flavor to this point. I've got some rankings for you. Here are my top five favorite flavors that are in the 18-pack, their standard rotation, not any 
holiday or special event items. My favorite is banana bread, followed very closely by coconut. I really like the peanut butter. That is my third favorite. Toffee almond. Ooh, that's a nice one. And cookies and cream. Those are the top five flavors if you guys want to try them out. If you haven't, why not? Why have you not tried these out yet? These are amazing. I have them after every single workout paired with, actually, their vitamin packs that give you 100% of your daily vitamins. Guys, I'm not even eating vegetables and fruits anymore. I don't need to. I'm getting all of my vitamins and then some in a pack that comes out to less than a dollar a day. Are you kidding me? You're spending more than that on fruits and vegetables. Plus, it takes time to eat that. I'm somebody who thinks time is money. So I just like to mix that stuff into my water. Check out Built Bar. Use my code Deep Dive to save 10% off and get the nutrition side of working out added in to the hard work you put in the gym and get max results. All right, so now I just took Amari Rogers. We're at the 3-2, and me and Nate are realizing we talk a lot. We've been going for a while now. We wanted to get through five rounds. We're just going to take it to four, right? So you have 48 picks total, and we're going to try and speed it up a little bit. So, Nate, you're on the clock at 3-3. I just took Amari Rogers. Where are you going? Yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and go with my guy that we talked about earlier, the guy that I had ranked at wide receiver six. I've dropped him down a good bit. Um, I'll talk about that why. But it's DeMonte Coxie out of Memphis, wide receiver. That guy, uh, he has everything I want in an ex-alpha wide receiver. Uh, it's going to be kind of lumped in there, I think, with some other guys that we'll talk about later as like the big wide receivers, big guys who can play outside in this kind of tier of wide receivers. But I think DeMonte Coxie has the most upside. He's a guy that I like a lot. He has the athleticism to dominate outside. He also has the hands and the contested catchability. I went back and watched his film. I hadn't completed my report on him yet. It was still preliminary. And I wasn't as impressed with his route running as I originally thought. And so I dropped him down a bit there. He also doesn't have as much uh, playmaking ability after the catch. So I had to drop him a little bit there. And it's a good pass this year. So even dropped him a couple points, uh, he dropped from wide receiver six to wide receiver 13 it's a really close tier right there so it sounds like a big drop but really isn't that huge of a drop for how how i grade him yeah it is a really yeah it, it sounds like a big drop like you're saying but yeah it's really not just this class is so deep kind of we talked about that during the break just now so i'm gonna go back to the tight end position and take the the last one that's kind of in a good tier and that's pat Fryermuth at three four i think that's pretty good value i don't think he's as far from Brevin Jordan, as you were talking about, I do think there's a big gap, and Brevin Jordan has a, a much higher ceiling and more potential. But in terms of what I think Fryermuth is going to be in the NFL, he's going to come in. I think he can be very similar to like a Jason Witten type of just volume, not super explosive kind of guy, just move the sticks kind of guy, and I like that. And he's a big guy who can break tackles and stuff, but he's not beating anybody with speed or juking anybody out or anything like that. But we're talking about tight ends, and you need tight ends. You need good ones. And I know I took Kyle Pitts, but you can never have enough. And if you have a shot here at a possible top 12 tight end in Dynasty, which there's so many guys that fit that description, but Fryermuth is one of them in my opinion, I'm going to take it, especially because there's so many wide receivers that honestly I don't even care which wide receivers I end up with because I know there's so many left that I that I like a lot. So I'm going to take Pat Fryermuth and go with the positional scarcity. Yeah, that's a good move. actually... I was considering him at least a couple picks ago. Just wanted to keep going with the wide receivers because they're so good, so much fun. So I think Fryman is a good pick there. I'm going to go back to running back. I'm going to take the upside here. Third round's easy pick for me, actually. I should have picked him probably a while ago as well. Uh, Chuba Hubbard just has so much upside because he is a track star. He is an athlete. Just needs to work on his vision. But in the right scheme, he could be unleashed to use his athleticism to you know, be a fantasy top running back i think he kind of comps a little bit um not in not nearly a direct comp but i felt very similar about cam Akers last year that he was an athlete playing running back not an athletic running back chuba is definitely that based upon his 2020 film so i'm going to take the upside i saw in the 2019 film even with the flaws from the 2020 film and just you know hope that he can get into a team that uses him well develops his vision gives him the big holes to run through and he can be a playmaker. All right, and I'm going to go back to running back as well. 
Nate, just quick question. Completely unrelated to this pick. Do you like Jarrett Patterson or Jamar Jefferson better? Um, I, I like one of them better than the other. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll just take the one that I like better then, and I'll take Jarrett Patterson. And he is my running back seven. I actually have somebody at running back six. I know you don't like him, though, so I'm going to just grab him later. But I'm going to take J- Jarrett Patterson right here. And now you're up. All right. So I'm going to stick with the running back. I'm going to grab my boy who I'm going to advocate for. I've already picked a couple picks where I'm you know, taking my guys. Yes, you know, yes. Puka Williams. Puka Williams. I have no problem picking him here in the, you know, about mid-third. I think there is plenty of value there, even though he, you'll be able to get him later. You'll be able to get him in the fourth, fifth round, unless the NFL really likes this guy. Um, his tape blew me away. I was not ready for it. Usually with athletic <laughs> running backs, they don't have a lot of vision. They don't have a lot of patience behind the line of scrimmage. Puka Williams goes out there. And he's just as patient behind the line of scrimmage as Najee Harris. I couldn't believe it. This guy made plays develop. He made lanes open up with his eyes and how he manipulated linebackers. Plus the speed on top of that. I know he's only 175 pounds. I hate it because it definitely affects his upside. It limits his ceiling. Um, He might end up being a kick returner and just third down scat back. But if he's given 10 touches a game, I'm happy with it. I think he could be a great flex in PPR leagues. Yeah. We'll see what that upside actually is. If he goes somewhere to like the 49ers, even like in the fifth or sixth round, I'm going to be all over it. Yeah, and at 3-8, I mean, you're shooting for the guys you like and guys with some upside, and Puka Williams does have that. And at, Or that's at 3-7, sorry. And at 3-8, I'm going to go once again to the running back. The guys I was just asking you about, Jarrett Patterson, Jamar Jefferson. I'm going to take the second one. That's Jamar Jefferson. And honestly, I'm trying to bang out picks. Don't want to make people... Listen, for too long, don't want to go crazy here with the time limit. So I'm going to just send it back to you. But Jamar Jefferson is another guy who's okay. He's not the best sleeper running back or like the best third tier running back like from most classes, but he's still pretty good. So I'm going to take a shot at him and hope he lands somewhere nice. Yeah, and this next pick, I'm going to grab a guy that I'm not nearly as high on as I know a lot of Twitter is, but I'm going to bet on the upside here and what other people see. I'm going to take Elijah Moore. He probably won't drop this far in most rookie drafts. He'll be a second-round pick. But, you know, he came up with a lot of production in the SEC. He had a great dominator. You know, he's he's a very good analytical player with his profile. On film, I wasn't as impressed. I can see his upside as a slot receiver, but I don't see him offering too much more than that. But I think I have to, I have to pick him up here. It's just too much value, especially because I know my league mates are going to like Elijah Moore. So. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm not the highest guy on Elijah Moore either, but like you said, he is analytically a pretty sound player. And I'm going to go to wide receiver as well. I'm going to take somebody that both of us like. I'm trying to find him. I know he's just super, super far down on the list. We're using Sleeper, by the way. If you guys want to ever run mocks, go ahead and check out Sleeper. It's definitely a good platform to do so. You can adjust it to however you want. You can do rookies only, stuff like that. And I'm also just talking so I can find him. Where is Jalen Darden, man? Oh, he's not in Sleeper. He's not? Why? Nope. Why? They haven't added him yet. Okay, well... It was all over... We, we tweeted we tweeted Sleeper about it. We're working on it. Oh, all right. Well, I'll just leave it blank for our purposes, but I'm taking Jalen Darden here at 310. That's a good pick. I think he's you know definitely going to be a third-round pick. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take one of my guys again. I'm going to take Marlon Williams. I know you don't like Marlon Williams, but you know I see a little uh, A.J. Brown light here. So I'm taking Marlon Williams. I talked about in the Lost Podcast why I love Marlon Williams. I think he offers a lot after the catch. I think he's a guy that isn't going to demand a ton of volume, most likely. But if given volume, I think he can do, uh, you know, he have good efficiency on it and create those yards after the catch that are going to be valuable. He's going to, I think he'd be a good red zone threat too out of the slot. So I'm taking Marlon Williams here. Yeah, and I think that was a pretty recent podcast episode too, so people should remember our discussion on him. So I'm not going to put too much uh, or add too much into that conversation. I'm going to go ahead and take my next guy. It's a wide receiver, Nico Collins out of Michigan, somebody who has good size, has some pretty decent athleticism, didn't have good quarterback play, and 
similar to how I thought Donovan Peoples-Jones was way better than people were giving him credit for because of the situation last year. It could be similar to Nico Collins. I like DPJ way more than Nico Collins, but it's worth a shot here at the back end, very back end of the third round at 312. Yep, and I love this pick. I'm starting the fourth round that with. I'm picking up Demetric Felton. I think he's a guy that can be a PPR uh, great player. He can be a PPR weapon. He's a guy that is going to probably play a J.D. McKissick role at the next level where he's coming out of the backfield, also line up in the slot. He really fits you know, everything you want out of a receiving back and also a slot receiver. I think he could have like that Tariq Cohen kind of consistency uh, in PPR leagues. But I think he's also a better runner than Tariq Cohen. But uh, then again, that's not a super high bar. So I'm not going to say Demetrius Felton's going to go out there and run for 1,000 yards, but he might catch for 1,000 yards. Yep, and I, I that's who I thought you were going to take. You're kind of We're kind of getting to that area where we're both taking the guys that we just like at this point. And I knew Demetrius was one of those for you. And you know one of mine is Ramondre Stevenson, who I just grabbed at 4-2. He's very similar, not like ceiling, I'm not saying he's this player, but he reminds me a lot and plays similarly to Marshawn Lynch. I think that he has very good potential if he goes to a Seattle because they have not made a decision yet on Chris Carson. If he goes just somewhere where he has a good opportunity, I think he can be a very good one and two down back. He could take dump offs on third downs, but he's not really a receiving type back. So he doesn't have crazy potential, but I think he could be a solid flex play if he gets the opportunity so i'm gonna take ramondre stevenson he is my running back six in this class and i've left him there because i know nate's not a big fan and now nate is up at four three where are you going yeah so i'm taking a high, another high upside player it's probably a boom bust player kind of projects similarly to agg from last year that's tj vasher he has an incredible highlight reel go look it up on youtube it is full of one-handed catches and just incredible 50 50 balls that he wins He's a little lean. I want to see some more weight on him, but he has the athleticism. He has the size to be a dominant receiver outside. Big question marks if he can hit that potential, but I don't mind taking a dart throw on that guy at all. I mean, it's it's all there, ready to be molded. So Yeah, and it looks like TJ Vasher is actually not in sleeper either, unless I'm just missing him. So we'll leave that spot blank as well. Disappointing sleeper. Yeah, let's go, let's go. I mean, they're still the best platform by far. We're not we're not uh, talking smack about sleeper. I love sleeper, and they're very easy to contact as well. So still, uh, you know, props to them for sure, and I'm sure those guys will be in here quickly. Now, with that said, he just took TJ Vasher. I'm looking at my board. I'm not a big Dwayne Eskridge guy. He is my next highest-ranked receiver. I would rather just give some... Uh, Give some props to my guy, the one that I played high school basketball with. And it is a tight end. It's Trey McKitty. He's someone that went to FSU and then transferred to, oh my goodness, don't let it escape me now. Save me, Nate. Save me, Nate. Georgia. Thank you. I thought it was Georgia. I just wasn't sure. Um, He transferred to Georgia. I'm going to take him. He's somebody with very good upside. He has much a much better athletic profile than Pat Fryermuth, more similar to a Brevin Jordan in terms of athleticism. And if he just gets used or developed, he could actually become a very good tight end. I'm not just saying this because this is somebody I know and somebody I used to play ball with. It's really something I believe. And he's probably not even getting drafted, but I'm going to draft him here just so you guys can become familiar with the name Trey McKitty. Trey McKitty. All right. His name has been popping up a lot on Twitter the past week, so you might be part of the hype train here. Oh, really? I haven't even tweeted about See, I tweeted about him like months ago and kind of stopped now, trying to just let it fade out a little bit. But if so, I mean, you know I haven't been on Twitter as much this week. I've been super busy, but all right, that's interesting. That's interesting. I'm going to pick a guy that I also know is not on Sleeper yet. They're going to step their game up. Don't worry about it. I'm going to pick Jonathan Adams. He's that same vein, that big-bodied wide receiver X alpha receiver, whatever you want to call it, you know, he's a guy out there on the sideline that's going to move the chains. He's coming from a small small school, Arkansas State. So there's a lot of question marks if he can play at the next level, how well he plays, but he absolutely dominated his competition. So I'm willing to take the upside. Maybe not the most athletic guy, but a guy who just won consistently every game. So I'm willing to take the chance here. All right, and I'm going to take a shot on Javian Hawkins. I'm surprised. I know both of us think he's pretty good as a sleeper. I'm surprised he lasted this long. 
And it's pretty reasonable to see him last this long in your drafts as well. Javian Hawkins, really good running back, good vision, good cutbacks. And his field vision after the passing the first line of scrimmage is really good. It's honestly hard to like remember all the specifics on all these guys super late, and I'm trying to be quick. But I know that Javian Hawkins is somebody I really like. And you guys have heard me talk about him in much more depth as well as Nate give his input when we were talking about the rookie running back sleepers. This is one of them. I'm taking Javian Hawkins at 4-6. Nate, you're up. Yeah, so it's not anybody I like. But I you know, I realize we haven't taken a quarterback in a long time. No. So I got to pick a quarterback here. It's because there's too much value at this point. I mean, I might as well grab you know a guy like that's going to sit on the bench for two or three years and be out of the league. But at least I have a quarterback, you know, just sitting on my taxi squad. Um, my number six, it's it's a big teardrop after five for sure. But I'm going to go ahead and take a chance on one of the guys coming out after that next, you know, that top tier. I'm going to take a chance on Kellen Mond out of Texas A&M. I think he's a guy that some NFL teams seem to like. Uh, I'm not a big fan of him at all. I actually have other quarterbacks ranked higher than him. But he's a guy that might see decent, uh, you know, day two draft capital, and a team can, you know, look at as a project. He has the physical traits, he has the athleticism, he has the arm, he has moments of being a really good quarterback. But the consistency isn't there, the technique isn't there. He's gonna be a project player. Send him to a place like Pittsburgh as a backup for Big Ben. I could see that being, you know, a great landing spot for him to learn for a year or two before coming in, and you know. Who knows what could happen? All right. I thought I said no audibly. Everyone heard it because I thought you were going to take Kyle Trask, and that's where I'm going. I'm not even the biggest fan of Kyle Trask, but we're, like you just said, along the same lines, right? We need some quarterbacks, and he's got some decent potential. He was at one point before this season talked about as a possible first-round pick, and now that's not really a discussion anymore, but it shows that he does have possibility there, and I'm going to take Kyle Trask. And hope he lands somewhere nice, can develop and become a good player. A, just even a back-end store, starter. Just I want him to get a chance. So I'm going to take Kyle Trask here at 4-8. we got four picks left. And there's so many names, Nate, that I like still. So many sleepers. So it just shows you yep. the depth of this class. Yeah, so I'm going to stick with the quarterback, actually. I mean, I think it's kind of silly three in here in a row. But i got to pick up the value. They probably should have gone earlier, but I kind of forgot about him, honestly. I'm going to go ahead and pick up Jamie Newman. I'm not a huge fan of Jamie Newman, but he has he has you know that top level athleticism that a team might look like another project player, a different style project player than Kellen Mond. But Jamie Newman opted out of the 2020 season, even though he had just transferred from Wake Forest to Georgia. Everyone was so excited to see him and what he would look like in the SEC with a good team around him. But he opted out. We didn't we didn't get to see it, but you know there is the upside there. There is some potential there. So I'm going to take it. We've seen how, you know, picking a guy like Jalen Hurts has turned out quite well for your dynasty team. Even if he doesn't have a long-term uh, great outlook, he's he's hot, selling like hotcakes right now. So take Jalen Newman. Yeah, I think that's a good pick. That was my next best quarterback available as well. He's got some legs to him. And at 410, I'm going to go with my top three-star wide receiver sleeper. And I'm taking him above guys like Dwayne Eskridge and Seth Williams and Tutu Atwell. And that's Amir Smith-Marset. I like him. Very similar to Deontay Johnson to me. I just like to throw out that name so you guys can kind of understand or picture what he could be fantasy-wise if he gets like high volume. So I like Amir Smith-Marset as a sleeper. And you could probably get him way later because of the guys I just mentioned that I'm taking him over and there's a bunch of running backs still. But I wanted to get his name in here because we are only going to finish out this fourth round. So that's Amir Smith Marset at four ten. Nate, last pick. Last yeah, pick. so I'm gonna pick my tight end here. I'm gonna pick another tight end who I think has a lot of upside in fantasy football. It's probably a name you haven't heard too much of. It's Tommy Trimble out of Notre Dame. He's kind of been bookended between Cole Komet and the new tight end there, Michael Mayer. But this is a guy that was productive when given volume. He was very efficient. He has a lot of athleticism. He's also an incredible run blocker. He has so much hustle. Teams love that. I see this guy getting late day two, early day three draft capital, getting snaps his rookie year because of his blocking. And, you know, having the upside of a low-end tight end one, 
high-end tight end too, which is not a bad thing to have on your roster. I know, I mean, that's kind of a very wide tier right there too. I mean, you can fit a lot of players in that realm of tight end scoring. So I think Tommy Tremble offers that upside, and at this point in the draft, I'm taking it. Yeah, that's I completely understand that pick. And to finish it out, man, I think your boy... Mike would be pretty disappointed in the fact that you let this guy get to 412. I'm going to take him. Kylan Hill, you said it was his running back what? Do you remember? It's running back or three? Two or three, yeah, something crazy. I think it's three. three. I think it was three as well. So Kylan Hill, he's another guy that we've talked about before. Good sleeper running back. And the fact that he's this late, I mean, why not take the shot? He's the best running back available that's left in my opinion. And that rounds it out. So we'll start real quick. Nate, we'll go back and forth. All right, you'll say your pick. I'll say my pick. Back and forth. Finish out all the way through the the end of the draft. All right. Trevor Lawrence. Justin Fields. Trey Lance. Najee Harris. Zach Wilson. Kyle Pitts. Travis Etienne. Javonte Williams. Devontae Smith. Jamal Chase. Michael Carter. Mac Jones. Prashad Bateman. Rondale Moore. Jalen Waddle. Terrace Marshall. Trey Sermon. Kenneth Gainwell. Diami Brown. Kadarius Tony. Brevin Jordan. Dylan Wallace. Amin Ra St. Brown. Des the Spares Newsom. Jamon Osborne. Amori Rogers. Domonte Coxie. Pet Froymuth. Chuba Hubba Chuba Hubbard. <laughs> Jared Patterson. Luca Williams. Jamar Jefferson. Elijah Moore. Jalen Darden. Marlon Williams. Nico Collins. Demetric Felton. Ramondre Stevenson. TJ Vasher. Trey McKitty. Jonathan Adams Jr. Javian Hawkins. Kellen Bond. Kyle Trask. Amir Smith Marset. I'm gonna know I picked because this is a blank one. It's Tommy Tremble. Tommy Tremble. God, man. Yeah, that was Tommy Tremble. That was another one. Future Baltimore Raven. Yeah, that was the other one that Sleeper didn't have. And then Kylan Hill. So that finishes out the four round Superflex rookie mock draft with me and Nate. Nate, plug what you got. So I got a couple things going on. I got rankings of Dyson Nerds. I got a podcast called Dynasty Rewind, which is pumping out YouTube content and podcasts and stuff on the Patreon, which is written contact, group chat, listener leagues, lots of fun stuff over there. It's a really good time. Also writing articles and doing videos for the 2021 incoming rookies for DynastyOwner.com, which is an awesome platform for playing Dynasty. If you're up for the challenge, you have to use contracts. You have to use cap. It's crazy. It's fun. It's awesome. Highly recommend. You can find me at Nate NFL on Twitter, putting out some, you know, anti AJ Dillon, some pro Puka Williams hype. So, I mean, that's where you'll find me right now. So, all right, there it is. That's the man right there. If you're not following him, I don't know what you're doing. And I know a good amount of you aren't. So, go follow him. Follow the man. All right. That wraps it up. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for taking a deep dive with Deep Dive Fantasy Football as we went super deep. I mean, we got four players off the board in this rookie mock that aren't even in the system. So we're diving deep, that's for sure. And with that said, have a good one, guys. Peace.